0: Gonna get some good ASMR of me putting lotion on.
1: Oh, great. I'll remember Today not I'm to use to it. I'm
0: using the unscented uh, used arm. <laughs> I bought it because I have really dry skin. <laughs> wow.
1: So you figured out your number 10?
0: I figured out a number 10 that I can justify to myself.
1: <laughs> so the, fun, the funny part is, between me telling you I'd found my number 10 and us answering the phone call here, I found a new number 10. <laughs> <laughs> so It I was
0: think... more difficult than I was expecting to order them.
1: Yeah, because there are just so many songs, like just in general. So there's so much music I listen to. And then it's like, well, what is actually my favorite? Because picking out my favorite of anything isn't easy. And then once I find it, I usually just stick to it. But this was not that easy. It's been like three days of going through this list.
0: Yeah, I I had a head start, so mine didn't take quite as long as you.
1: Yeah. Because when you were back here for dad's wedding, at some point it came up of coming up with your top 25 songs. Do you remember why that was a a talking point?
0: Uh, hope. Oh, yes. Emily was showing us songs and she was like, I think this is probably my top 25 favorite songs of all time. <laughs> And I was like, she went to the next one. It's like, oh, this is probably in my top 10. I was like, oh, well, what's my top 50 or top 25?
1: Yeah. And then you came up with your top 25 pretty quickly, kind of in no particular order. And you read them off. And if your list is anything similar to that list, I don't think we're going to have any overlap on our top 10s.
0: There will be zero overlap. (laughs) I'll be surprised if you have even heard of half of these songs.
1: And same to you. <laughs> but that's Great. the thing with that's the thing with how many songs there are. So like when I suggested we talk about movies and you said I don't think I could have named 10 movies in your top 10. There are only like in the US I think there're average 800 movies a year. And like there're probably 800 songs uploaded to iTunes since we started this phone call
0: yep i had a hard time doing this too because like all-time favorite song is different than my favorite songs right now yeah so i can go through and i can look at my most recently played songs on spotify but they're not like my favorite overall songs
1: yeah this list is definitely going to be sort of a picture of who i am as a person right now because I don't know that a lot of the music that I listen to has carried through as my favorite like listen to growing up which I was finding I w- which I was finding as I was putting this list together and then there are like you said songs I listen to right now that I like them a lot right now but I wouldn't put them on a on my favorite like overall list mm-hmm sorry it's, it's definitely sort of a subjective uh criteria to the picking the top 10 songs because i would say no also
0: kidding.
1: also my my top 10 favorite songs i wouldn't expect these to be the top 10 best songs ever made
0: no no i don't think i would call any of my songs even in the top 100 of best songs ever made
1: And it doesn't help that music has been made, like, since the beginning of human history. So how would you even, how would anyone even put together criteria for all the different styles of music that there have been over the thousands of years of music?
0: I was talking to Emily sometime within the past four years, and she was trying to name, like, the all-time five best bands. And she tried to convince me that Coldplay was one of the best bands of all time. (laughs) I would say no. It's like, I I have met literally zero people who actively listen to Coldplay.
1: I know one. One of my staff from when I was in Georgia.
0: According to Emily, they're one of the best bands of all time. They
1: didn't even, when they played the Super Bowl, they didn't even, like, play their own halftime show. They brought Beyonce and Bruno Mars back. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. But they've just been around for so long. Well, I mean, so they're good.
1: So have a lot of people. So I asked you how we should do this, if we should go back and forth 10 to 1, or if we should do one person 10 to 1 and then the other person 10 to 1. And you said, and I think I agree, that we should go back and forth 10 to 1. Because I think when someone listens to a top 10 list, they don't want to go from 10 to 1. And then restart 10 to 1. I think once you get to 1, people are done listening.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So I don't know whether you want to go first or I should go first.
0: You can go first.
1: All right. So, when I told you that I had come up with my number 10 just 10 minutes before I texted you, that was Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson and I still think it's a good song. It's the only song I will say that I've ever actively wanted to dance to, but I wanted to be able to dance like Michael Jackson to it. <laughs> so I'm not going to dance to it, but I started thinking about like a lot of the accusations about Michael Jackson and sort of some of his actions as a person and this had some questions about how do we interact with people who have had like how do we interact with creative people or any people I guess who have had accusations similar to his or to other people and I started thinking about maybe this isn't a conversation I need to get into right now and also maybe this isn't actually just because I wanted to dance to this song doesn't mean it's maybe in my top 10. So instead I chose a song that you probably have never heard of and it is A song called Jesus, He Knows Me by Genesis.
0: Never heard of it.
1: Have you ever heard of the band Genesis? Nope. Have you ever heard of a person named Phil Collins?
0: Yes, I know who Phil Collins is.
1: So Phil Collins was the lead singer and the drummer for Genesis. Jesus, He Knows Me is a song. It came out in 1991. The only reason I know that is because I was just watching the music video and it said, Jesus, He Knows Me, 1991. (laughs) Solid. And the song is about, he wrote it, he said, like staying in hotels in the United States and seeing like prosperity gospel type preachers on TV, like televangelist people, and just some of the things that they were saying versus like what they were doing and so it's really a song sort of um i don't want to say it's against these people but it would be like a, i don't know, almost like an accountability check it's very um what's the word it would be like a satirical type song so i don't know how to this might be i don't want to go through every song and like play each song for the other person so that might be one mm-hmm. to just listen to later or i guess all of them will be and i don't know whether yeah, I'll... Could, like
0: do we have a youtube channel
1: yeah but i don't want to put stuff in and then get
0: uh, we could just like hits. put them into a playlist on the youtube channel yeah so if anyone wants to listen to our songs well, yeah not our songs
1: and I'll be putting links in the show notes. But, like, I don't want to play the actual songs and get copyright hits.
0: Mm-hmm. Good start to a podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that All works right. in the podcast world. Because I listen to another podcast where they have put clips of songs in their thing. And I don't know how that would be policed. So I guess just do your I best don't in fully explaining. I
0: understand
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just do your best in explaining the song. I took more time trying to think of which songs were in my top 10 than how I was going to explain what they are.
0: Yes. So, my number 10 song. I don't know if you know this song specifically, but you know the band. It's Words I Couldn't Say by Rascal Flatts.
1: I could probably... I don't know it off the top of my head, but I could figure it out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's basically... um, The singer is singing about, like a relationship that didn't work out and then how he like didn't say all of the things that he wanted to say in that relationship and now he's not in the relationship anymore and he's just left with all these words that like he wish he would have said but he didn't so i had a hard time coming up with my number 10 and then i decided that it was going to be a rascal Flat song because rascal flats was really important to me throughout
1: your entire most of elementary
0: school I've seen them in concert a couple times And even though I'm not, like, into country music anymore I still really like them Or more so their older things But I really liked this particular song Because the message that I got from it was, like If you're in a relationship, like, romantic or, like, a friendship Like, don't hold back Or else something might happen and you're gonna regret all of the things that you didn't do It's like, if you care about someone Tell them that you care about them Otherwise, sometime down the road, you might not have that chance anymore. and You're going to regret it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just looking at the lyrics for that song, I don't recognize it. I would have to hear it, I think.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not one of their more popular songs. Um, but I think it's one of the more meaningful ones. Yeah. But it's not like a radio hit, because it's more of a slow song.
1: Yeah, I'll have at least one of those like that coming up on this list from
0: another artist
1: and that was an interesting thing too trying to think about how like what criteria i was going to choose for a song because there's like there are songs that i like the sound of but i literally know none of the lyrics and i don't know what the lyrics (laughs) are saying and then there are songs where like the lyrics are fantastic but the song itself is just okay like sound wise So trying to pull together a mix of lyrics versus sound of the song was an interesting uh, thing I encountered going through this list.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest things that I noticed is that there was a lot of nostalgia sort of feeling with the songs that I was picking. It's like Rascal Flatts. I don't really listen to them anymore. But I mean, they were very important (laughs) to me in third grade. I saw them in concert twice
1: yeah and that's kind of my what my number nine is to lead into that so I decided with this with this selection I was going to put it either nine or ten but that there is a band that I liked starting in roughly ninth or tenth grade all the way through college all the way when I moved to Denver and it kind of... This is going to be for like that band and for sort of the entire genre that I was listening to in high school and college. The song is by P.O.D. and the song is Change the World. And I decided to choose it as sort of the same as you, a nostalgia pick. Which like I still like P.O.D. a lot and if I were pressed that might be one of my top bands ever that I like. And they have a very distinct like Southern California sound of like a mix of reggae, rock, rap, hip-hop type music kind of all mashed together. Change the World was on... So they had an album come out in 2001 that was like their biggest commercial hit, and I think Change the World was on the album after that. I'm not going to look it up. Someone can fact-check me on it. But I don't know. I like the sound of it. I like the song, the lyrics of it, and it's a... it's a song I, like, actually learned how to play on the drums by tabbing the song. So, like, I listened to the song over and over and over so that I could write down the notes on the drum set. So that I could learn it on the drum set. Hmm.
0: Yeah, my number nine is kind of, kind of the same thing of just, like, the sound of it. Um, so it's Never Sure by Mayday Parade. Uh, Mayday Parade is a pop punk band. I don't know if they're still, like, around, but the song, my reasoning for putting it at number nine was, I just really like the beat. (laughs) It was on my Spotify, um, like, 100 Most Played Songs of 2019 and probably 2018. But, like, the lyrics aren't that great. (laughs) Like, the song is about, um, like, a dude getting into a relationship and like one of the lines in the chorus is i won't lie i only love you for the heartbreak she was like he knows that it's not gonna work out it's like these are kind of some not great lyrics but i just really like the beat and it's one of the more recent songs that i found that i really like just for the sound of it
1: yeah i didn't end up with any pop punk on this top 10 list but there are a couple in my honorable mentions I didn't listen to pop punk in high school because there were girls I knew who listened to pop punk and I didn't want to be like them or listen to the music they were listening to. Emily very much was into pop punk like when she was in junior high. Yeah, like when I st- Bowling when I, for
0: Soup, Good Charlotte.
1: Yeah, like when I started listening to pop punk within the last like five years, I went back through some of that early 2000s pop punk and I was like, I know all these songs because Emily was listening to them.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. That's yeah. a good Charlotte one.
1: No, that's a simple plan.
0: Oh, a simple plan. Yep. My kids bowling for soup who does the
1: Bruce Springsteen Madonna. Yeah. So fun fact, there's a Mary Kate and Ashley movie where like one of them is in a band and then the other one's like a super ap- academic. Type person who's supposed to be giving a speech. Like, do you remember that movie? Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. Anyways, in this movie, Simple Plan is in the movie, and while I was watching the movie, I was like, "That's not a real band. They just made up a band for this movie, and they called it Simple Plan." <laughs> Shows what I knew. Definitely a Within real. Within the
0: past five years, Emily went and saw them in concert.
1: Really. Interesting. It
0: was like a standing room only, and she just went there because it was like 20 bucks or something.
1: Interesting. That's like the only Simple Plan song I know.
0: They do the Scooby-Doo theme song. Maybe now they do. They didn't when I was
1: watching Scooby-Doo.
0: What's new, Scooby-Doo? We're coming after you. that That's them. Gonna solve that mystery.
1: I don't know that version.
0: How old are you?
1: <laughs> I'm 28 years old the scooby-doo i was watching was the old school scooby-doo with freaking what's his name the radio guy playing shaggy oh man what's his name either the like the top 25 before ryan seacrest this is going to bother me until i think of his name casey Kasem. casey Kasem was playing shaggy
0: originally so, it's the 2002 show What's New Scooby Doo. Oh, Had Three I don't seasons. Know. That's what they sang the theme song for.
1: Do not know. Anywho, yeah. now that we've gone off on that sidetrack, on to number eight. So, my number eight is a song that is called On My Own by Tessa Violet. Do you know who Tessa Violet is?
0: Does she make YouTube videos?
1: Yes, she used to be known as Mika Kitty on YouTube. Oh, yep. And then she transitioned from YouTuber primarily to now she is a musician primarily. So she put out, like in 2012 or something, she put out her first album, like a full-length album. And then a couple years later, she put out a... It's probably not as early as 2012. Anyways, after that, she put out an EP, which had five songs on it. And On My Own is number four on that track list. And when I saw her in 2018 in Chicago, that's the only song from that EP that she didn't play. I was like, man, that's like the song I connected with the most. It's like the opening of the song, the lyrics, I put my foot in my mouth again. I hope they still want to be my friends. I (laughs) I got desirable qualities if you don't mind my obsessing with me like this sounds sounds like like me (laughs) (laughs) and then i saw at that show she was like yeah i have an album all ready to go and i'm gonna be releasing it soon and it took her like a year and a half to release it and i was like you just played all these songs at the show and i'm waiting for them to be released (laughs) (laughs) and her new songs are good too but this is the one of hers that like i said i connected with most on a personal level
0: yeah when she went by mika kitty she was in a retin link video
1: yeah the uh
0: the breakup song
1: yeah she was in that she was also in the there was one they did beat the heat she was in that song that video also fun fact she was in have you heard of the band family force five
0: i have heard of them
1: she was in a video of theirs called Cray Button when I was a senior in college. And she Push was like, Cray
0: Button. Yeah.
1: She's in the video for that song. And I'm watching the video for this song. And she's like pretty prominently featured. And I'm like, Am I supposed to know who this person is? It seems like the way they're filming this, I'm supposed to know who she is. And it turns out I did know who she was, but I didn't realize I knew who she was until about four years later. Because hmm. like, I. She did a video on the Vlogbrothers channel, bringing them back into this, for one of the. for Hank's paternity leave, I think. And I think that's when I started watching her videos and then went back. I was like, oh, I've seen stuff she's been in. How about that?
0: My number eight, I think, is going to take a whole lot of people by surprise, including you. It's the song Long Live by Taylor Swift it's, I think, the last track on her Speak Now album, so it's, like, old-school Taylor Swift. (laughs) And the song is, like, Taylor Swift, I think Taylor Swift made it for, like, her band. So it's, like, Taylor Swift and her band, like, winning an award, or, like, winning Homecoming King and Queen, or, like, something stupid that's, like, not a (laughs) big accomplishment in the grand scheme of life, but, like, it meant so much to them at that point. It's, like, a bunch of teens and Ripped jeans. We're gonna rule the world, uh, and I really liked that because I was a teen who wore ripped jeans, and I thought I was gonna change the world with all of my friends. Um, and there was one line in the song that was like, um, like when we. This is not uh, the right like line, but it's the right general idea. That so, like when we grow old, like we might grow apart, but there are gonna be pictures of us and then like when your kids look at the pictures and ask like who is that like please tell them my name and let them know that we were important to each other so like even if you grow apart from your friends like we still did a whole bunch of great things together we meant a lot to each other at some point in time like we might not talk anymore but we did some stuff
1: yep tea swizzle
0: yeah, i think another thing that i liked about the song is it was like taylor swift has the bad reputation of just like singing about all her past boyfriends yeah. and this was like one of the songs that was not about a boyfriend It was just like a bonding with your friends type song i, like, I love this
1: yeah that might have been the album where it sort of switched for me because when she first got into country music that was back when we had our basic cable package with GAC, Great American Country, as one of the channels. So she, like, busted onto the scene while we had that. So I was into it for, like, two albums. And then on the third one, I was like, I don't think this is going my way anymore.
0: Yeah, that was when she started making the transition from country to pop.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. So that was number eight for you? Yes. Around the seven. So number seven for me this is going to be our one and only foray into christian worship music it's a song called brother by the brilliance so i have found myself in the last i don't know four five six years like moving further and further away from listening to christian music And listening to worship music in particular just kind of on my own because a lot of it feels very the same and a lot of it feels like it's not covering a ton of like a broad spectrum of life issues if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. i was turned on to this band the brilliance by someone i went to seminary with here i'm pulling up the lyrics as i talk so it might throw me off for a minute the brilliance there so i was wanting to listen to bands that sing about justice type issues and she's like i just went and saw the brilliance and they sing a lot about justice type issues and so i started listening to them a while after that and this song is definitely uh i should just be doing one thing at a time the song is definitely one that focuses on justice, I would say, and definitely on, like, seeing people as people or, like, interacting with other people who are different from us as human beings. So the song, the largest section of the lyrics is when I look into the face of my enemy, I see my brother. And I think that that is a message that the church, especially the american white evangelical church needs to be taking into effect as they're thinking about how to approach a lot of different issues in the country right now so when i look into the face of my enemy i see my brother
0: yeah that's a good message that i think even outside the church other people could adopt i think it would make us a better society we stop just demonizing everyone who's different than us
1: yeah, so that song, and then I also put a tag on here of, they had a song called Turning Over Tables, which is like a super sort of upbeat type, coming together type song that I like as well. And I got to see The Brilliance last February, again in Chicago. I went with Emily, actually. I saw The Brilliance and Gunger and Propaganda, and is one of the best shows I've ever seen. And if you want to listen to some good bands Gungor is no longer a band as Gunger. they uh that was their farewell tour they've had a philosophical theological shift in their beliefs and I think that led to them disbanding as that band
0: yeah Emily tried to get me into Gunger several years ago I'm not I'm sure if it was her trying to get me into gunger or just she was listening to it a lot and it felt like she was trying to get me into it
1: yeah they're very good musicians so gunger is one gunger brother that's his last name and then the brilliance is another gunger brother so like they're siblings which is part of why i think they were on tour together
0: yeah that makes sense cool well
1: all right so on to yours
0: my number 7 I don't think many people will know this song. It's Wish That You Were Here by Florence and the Machine. And it it's the song that plays in the end credits for the movie uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Hmm. And the song, it's like super sad. Um, it's about uh, like a person, as most songs are. It's about a person who misses someone And then they feel that when they're actually physically close to someone, they still feel really, like, distant emotionally. So I found this song my freshman year of college on a playlist of sad music. Because I was sad for most of my freshman year of college. And one of the things that happened my freshman year of college is my best friend from Minnesota and I, we just, like, stopped talking. And then it would be like, I would go home for breaks, and then it was just like... The feeling of, like, I'm so much closer to her now, but I've never felt more distant from her than at this moment in time. It was just the feeling of, like, wow, someone else understands this feeling. So I would just listen to it. Like I said, it's really, really sad. But I found comfort in it. It's the idea that my thoughts and feelings were recognized by someone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's when there's, that's I think when music is at its best is when you're able to connect with it sort of across a spectrum of emotions. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's interesting. I've even, I've seen that movie too. I don't remember the end credits. Have I told you about reading the book, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children?
0: Yeah. And you like didn't realize that it was like a series?
1: Yeah. So I was reading it on my lunch break last year at work and I'd seen the movie so we're like approaching the end of the book and it's just like man this movie is, or this book is going to end very quickly and then it ended i was like oh there are more books that i need to read <laughs> so i've got I've, they're actually on the shelf right above my head the next two are there just three do you know i have no idea well i have books two and three from that series right above my head <laughs> but Yeah, other?
0: i never read the books I think I saw the movie in theaters and then Emily got it for me for my birthday one year. It was when I turned 18. She got it um, when she gave me 18 presents for my 18th birthday because it was my golden birthday.
1: Does that mean she's going to give me 31 presents two years from now?
0: I don't know. When it was her uh, golden birthday when she turned 24, I got her 24 presents. But I didn't really have any money, so it was like, I got a pack of four shot glasses. I was like, this counts as four. (laughs) 36, but last year, last year, I got 37. (laughs) Some of them are quite a bit bigger than last year.
1: I don't care how big they are. (laughs)
0: I'll tell you what, when we go out to the zoo, we'll get you two more presents.
1: Oh, good old Harry Potter. All right, moving right along then. My number six. Number six for me is a song called Valerie by Mark Ronson featuring Amy Winehouse. Have you heard the song?
0: Is that the Valerie? That one?
1: I'm going to say yes. (laughs) I think you're thinking of the right thing. Just based off of that, I don't know for sure, but I think you're thinking of the right thing. So... This is not technically like an Amy Winehouse song since it's like, it's like Mark Ronson's album and Amy Winehouse is singing on it, but he produced her the second album, Back to Black. So they were like working together at the time and it's a cover of an older song. I don't think I have ever heard the actual original version of the song, but Amy Winehouse is definitely, was definitely a very talented singer. I mean, a very troubled soul. And so this doesn't necessarily um, line up with, like, the music that she made on her own or the things that she was writing, but it's a very well-made song, I think, and I think it features her vocally very well. Plus, it's, like, a really good place if you're trying to put together a party playlist. It's a really good place to start because you can branch off into a whole bunch of different directions.
0: Interesting.
1: Because she's a... She's like a jazz singer and then her second album was very like pop jazz type and then this song is like from the 50s or 60s and so you can move into something more pop from today or you can move into something more pop from 50 years ago and it like kind of links together pretty well no matter what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. This is my, this is number six, right? Yes. My number six, I know that you know this song. It's Thrive by Switchfoot.
1: I do know that song.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it as siblings before. Emily suggested it as a sibling tattoo. And the whole theme of the song is... um, What's his name? John? Is that the singer? Yeah. John is talking about how he wants to thrive in life and he doesn't want to just survive. And, like, there's a difference between getting by and actually living the life that you want to live so he's talking about his struggles that he has trying to thrive i think it's good it's a song that if i'm in a certain mood it'll always make me cry because i i want to be thriving in life and then sometimes it just like hits you like a ton of bricks just like i'm not doing the best i can and trying to get that motivation back to live your life the way you want to
1: yeah It's a song also like the
0: idea of like if you are sad or in that rut, like it's okay it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah. It's a song or at least a lyric that I've thought of a lot in the last four years as I've basically just been surviving in life, just Mm -hmm. trying to like like my my lengthy, lengthy search for a job I want to do instead of a job that just keeps me alive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's like one of these things is happening and one of these things is not and it's not the one I want to be happening Mm -hmm. although I suppose survival is better than the alternative as grandpa would say
0: that's a very grandpa saying
1: yep Switchfoot Switchfoot for a long time for me was like the gold standard of Christian rock Christian rock was what I was listening to almost exclusively in junior high and high school and then i kind of tapered away from them i started listening to heavier bands like pod instead of switchfoot but that was yeah
0: i was never super into them i think i saw them in concert at least once oh i definitely saw them in concert
1: i've seen them gosh I want to say I've seen them 3 times, but I can't remember what the third one would be. First time I saw them was western once
0: or at least once.
1: I saw them here in high school. I saw them in Denver with Emily. They were on tour with Reliant K. Oh, oh, I saw the, they made a video or a movie. They made like a surfing documentary almost and then made mm-hmm. an album to go with that. So I saw them colorado christian so yeah i've seen yeah, them at I least think three that's times That's when i
0: saw them at northwestern
1: it was with the movie mm-hmm. yeah that's the first song i ever learned how to play on the drums by myself was meant to live they've got a yes, lot i
0: was never super into switchfoot but i thought that they had some bangers as the kids would say <laughs>
1: <laughs> bangers
0: Yep. Thrive is definitely not something that you would, like, bang your head to.
1: No, that's more of a Dark Horses would fill that role, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
1: something along those lines. Or Meant to Live. Yeah, they, uh, P.O.D. filled Dare that. You to
0: Move? Oh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, P.O.D. filled the slot of that particular vein of nostalgia for me on this list. Hey everyone, it's Eric. If you've been following us for some time, you may have heard me say, well, we're not professional podcasters yet. I had my audio from this podcast to remind me of that as I was editing this week. It certainly seems sometimes that we're many miles away from professional podcasting as a possibility. However, we've been taking some steps to try turning a possibility into a reality. And baby step number one is, finally, activating our very own website domain, 2 That's right. Ever so slowly, we're inching toward the digital age here at the Two Out of Three Podcast. Now, I do say baby step singular because while we have the domain, it does not yet direct you to a fancy new website. Instead, of3podcast.com will direct you over to our Patreon page. Patreon is a website dedicated to connecting a large number and variety of creators with patrons who help fund projects they love. The great thing about Patreon for us is that it is more than a crowdsourcing site. It's a way for us to connect with people who listen to the podcast. Many things on our Patreon page are free for everyone, but for as little as $1 per month, listeners of the podcast can become patrons and connect with us and with exclusive patron-only content. If now, or at any point in the future, you're interested in supporting the show financially, head over to patreon.com slash 2 of 3 podcast or the brand new 2 of 3 podcastcom to go through that process. That's patreon.com slash 2 of 3 podcast or two out of three podcast.com now back to the show
0: Oh, okay so now we're moving
1: on cracking the top at the five halfway point just crossing over the halfway point line this is one i picked definitely more for the sound of it than for the lyrics and definitely more for the artist in general than for anything the song i chose is called figure it out by orla gartland and i don't think there's a song that she's made that i don't like she's primarily she primarily releases singles and eps and she's said that she's working on a full-length album hopefully to come out soon but this is off of her most recent ep which i think came out earlier this year she's a uh a very talented irish writer singer guitar player she like has her own music career and then she also plays guitar in dodie clark's band who just goes by Doty musically but she's very good if you get the chance check out her youtube channel because her original stuff and her covers are really good she has a cover of uh, a fleetwood mac song that's on a playlist i have on youtube but very talented
0: yeah my number five I think five is like the perfect spot for it. It's American Pie by Don McLean, <laughs> Eight minute song. It's wonderful. And I chose it mostly because it's a very nostalgic song for me. It was a song that dad on his dad had on his iPod back when he had like an iPod classic. And it was like Dude, the highest I piece have of that. technology over our- here. Yeah, it was like the highest piece of technology that we had in our house and I like I thought it was the coolest thing. And then at one point, um it had to have been several years after he got the iPod, he somehow accidentally erased his entire iTunes library. <laughs> oh, there it is. The old docking station.
1: See that? It's got
0: Yeah, if if you turned it and on, I didn't. I don't think that um, don't American think would Pie would be play. on there because he accidentally erased his entire iTunes library once.
1: This is so old. Oh, the original. And he wasn't one, I think our family in general wasn't one to get new technology type stuff, but this was one that he jumped on pretty quick. This was yeah, plugged he in here. Yeah, he used it. This was plugged in here when I moved back in here need a plug
0: he used it when he was um, working as a massage therapist because he downloaded a bunch of like calming music and would play it on that docking station
1: it turned on when I plugged the thing in let's see if it'll actually work I might have to let it sit here for a minute oh (laughs) music it'll take
0: four minutes to turn on
1: Artists. Oh, it clicks and everything. Don McLean, that's what you said? Mm-hmm. It's not there. Songs.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me.
1: Nope. Well, he only has four songs that start with the letter A on here, so I don't think... There's a ton going on. This is so small. What is this, like a 2 gig memory? Maybe. <laughs> Probably. And now my phone has 256.
0: Yeah, I think I have a 128 phone.
1: My phone has twice the memory of my computer.
0: My phone and my computer have the same memory. Uh. Yeah, but American Pie, it reminds me of my childhood. It was a song that um, I think I bonded with both of our parents over in two different ways. Because it was a song that I definitely listened to a lot more with Dad. And then in recent years, I've listened to it more with Mom. I feel like it's helped me connect with them. And also, it's like an eight-minute song. And I think it's pretty cool to be able to sing all the lyrics of an eight-minute song and annoy everyone around you. It's like, haha, you thought I was done. Just kidding!
1: Yeah. That was a, that was a big one in our family for a period of time. Emily liked that when we were in marching band, because there's a lyric the marching band refused to yield. Mm-hmm. She She thought that was fun.
0: Yeah, dad chuckles at that one.
1: Yeah, that's a period of time in music history that didn't make it onto this list and that I listened to a lot more at that point in my life. That's why I say Christian rock was almost exclusively what I was listening to because I was also listening to music like that and music, like country music, like Mm -hmm. the acceptable secular music for Christians to listen to because sometimes they sing about Jesus too.
0: Yeah, I think we as a family listen to like all the same things growing up and then in the years since we left the house you me and emily have been branching off in different ways music wise
1: yeah and that's been ever evolving for me as well that's why this list yeah. looks the way it does right now
0: and that's why you don't know all of these songs
1: <laughs> and why you don't know all of mine anywho moving on you ready to move on Mm-hmm. all right My number four is a song which I don't know if you can technically call it a song but there is music in it. It's a spoken word piece but it's set to music as well so I think you can call it a song. It's called Sanctuary Cities by Levi the Poet and Levi the Poet is a person who I... I think I heard about him when I was at Bethel. I had a piece of media cross my path he is also a christian sanctuary cities leave i should have had all these ready to go but here we are and he's another person who i like how deeply he thinks and how deep his lyrics come off but with that said this is a song and a lot of his in general were like it's hard for me to keep up with the lyrics and i don't know all of them but it's very much about him trying to figure out how to relate to god and trying to figure out how he can connect to like he feels like he's not connecting to god and he's trying to figure out what he has to do or where he has to go to find that connection
0: so my number four um it's the song disappear from the musical dear evan hansen so the plot of dear evan hansen is That this kid, Evan, he has a friend, Connor, and Connor commits suicide. And then the whole play is Evan sort of reconciling that and trying to find a way for everyone to remember Connor. And, like, show that um, no one should be alone or, like, be pushed to committing suicide. And I really, like, disappear in particular because of the... Two particular lyrics. The first one, no one deserves to be forgotten. Um, and just like the idea that you can have a boring life and like you you could not do a whole lot. But that doesn't mean that you should be forgotten or your memory should be lost to time. And then the second line, um, if you never get around to doing some remarkable thing, that doesn't mean you're not worth remembering. And I've found some comfort in that line. Because it's like, I feel like, um i'm meant to be doing great things with my life but even if i end up not doing great things like i've still lived a life that i can be proud of and that's worth mentioning to people yeah like you're still important even if your life is mundane
1: yeah that seems to the thematically seems to pair well with your thrive choice Mm -hmm. i don't know hardly anything about that musical
0: I've listened to the um, soundtrack several times, and I just about went to go see it in Des Moines. It was here last winter, maybe, um, but I just never got the chance to go.
1: Is the song? There's a song. Is it called like "Waving Through the Window" or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or is it called something? That's, that's... one
0: of Emily's. That's like the only songs.
1: the only song I know from that. That's also the one they did for the Tonys.
0: Yeah, that was a song about Evan, the main character, feeling that he was, like, not visible in his life. Like, he was hiding inside himself. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think most of the musical, like, most of the soundtrack is pretty good. If anyone's looking for a musical to listen to, you can get, like, a kind of understanding of what the musical is about through just the soundtrack, which I don't think you can get with all musicals.
1: Yeah, unless it's Hamilton, and that's just the whole show, is music.
0: Couldn't get through that.
1: (laughs) It's so good. I didn't end up putting any musical songs on my list, but... Because, like, Hamilton itself is, like, its own thing. And it's hard, I think, to pull a song out of a musical. Mm -hmm. Because, like... Or it to be my favorite, I guess. Because, like, I could say I like the song Yorktown from Hamilton, but, like it's very much embedded in the context of that musical also if you've never listened to it listen to the hamilton polka by weird al it's so good and then watch the jimmy fallon inter- interview with him and jimmy fallon and lin-manuel miranda it's fantastic yeah, I just
0: never get through it because it's like i feel like you have to be focused on it It's like two hours. like two and a half hours, yeah.
1: The length of the show. Because all of of the lyrics are all of the words in the musical.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Which, he's the Lin-Manuel Miranda talked about that, that it didn't make sense to go from the way they were singing and what they were singing about to just normal dialogue. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't know going into the musical. I didn't listen to the soundtrack before I saw the musical. Which I actually... I appreciated.
0: Yeah, it was like revolutionary. Different way of doing a musical than had been done before.
1: Yeah, and of representing history on stage, with it not being the mm-hmm. same person of skin color performing as the person was.
0: Yeah, they just had the open casting. Whoever played the role best got it, even if they weren't white.
1: Which I definitely didn't know what to think about when I first heard that and then when i saw the musical it's like this makes total sense it's like the best way to do it
0: Mm -hmm. all right right. so now we're going into the top three favorite songs
1: number three this was sort of a difficult decision because this was another one where i chose a song to represent the band sort of in homage to the band so I chose the song Subdivisions by Rush, which to Rush fans might be a little controversial because it's not typically considered one of their best songs, but I think lyrically I like it a lot. It's about like a teenager sort of on the outside of the, uh, like on the outside of popularity, trying to just live as a person in like suburban, I guess it would be suburban Toronto but just sort of a an interesting thing an interesting way of an interesting way it's just a really good song I like it a lot and musically Rush is very talented all three of the people are talented on their own they're very good together but there are are so many songs like I was going through all the songs like at the top of their just normal playlist and it's like I could put 10 of these songs just in this list on their own and I could probably have a pretty decent list Mm -hmm. but Rush is one so all of their lyrics after like 1975 like their second studio album were all written by the drummer which is atypical but he was like the smart one quote unquote and he was like reading books and the other two were like hey maybe this guy can write lyrics and then he started writing like really nerdy lyrics and they're like well okay I guess this works but there are other songs i also have written on here i like the song limelight lyrically the song tom sawyer is probably their best known and that's great musically spirit of radio also very good the 2112 overture so in the start of their career they were writing songs that would be for the entire side of an album like a record so the 2112 mm-hmm. Overture is a 20 minute long song that's in like 6 acts. And it takes all of side A. And it's so good it was like there so they were like in this back and forth with their label about wanting to write songs of this length and the label being like we don't understand this at all and it's not selling. In 2112 that album was like their last it was it could have been their last hurrah if it hadn't sold and then it sold and the label was like well i guess we'll just let you guys do your own thing now and then it wasn't until the early 80s that they were like we're not gonna write these long songs anymore this is getting ridiculous but this is also an homage because their drummer neil peart just died earlier this year He's my favorite drummer and one of the greatest, if not the greatest, drummers of all time. Just incredibly talented, incredibly dedicated to his craft, and continued to learn throughout his drumming career. Like in the late 80s, early 90s, he started taking jazz lessons from, like, uh, Peter Erskine, I think, who's like the jazz director at USC Southern California, just to, like, be able to move from he was very focused on like the beat and precision and he started studying jazz in order to have more flow and be able to do more improvisation in live sets so that he would have because all of their stuff was so scripted and they played almost everything completely live to tape i think they had one of their longer songs that they had to break down into three sections that they played live instead of playing the whole thing through because it was just so technical Mm
0: -hmm. but they're uh, jazz is a different beast for i think the rhythm section i guess really any member of a band
1: yeah rush they had so they have the guitar player they have the bass player who is also the lead vocalist and plays synth so he would switch off between bass and synth and then the drummer. had like a 100 piece kit with a bunch of electronics and stuff but one of one of the great bands in music history that was looked up to by the majority of rock musicians coming up from the 80s and the 90s and sort of was on the outside of i guess popular culture and pop rock culture and it took them like 10 years through 10 years of eligibility to finally get into the rock and roll hall of fame but that that's my pick for number three, in homage to Rush, and RIP
0: Neil yeah, Rush isn't a band that I like listen to. I know that you do because you sent out a list of all your CDs that you own once. I was like, why do you have eighteen Rush CDs? <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, but I recognize that they are a big band.
1: Yeah, and they were one of the things that is so amazing to me about them is that they played together for forty years. And they, the one break they had, they had a four-year break because Neil's daughter and wife died within like six months of each other, and he just needed to stop for a number of years. And he was basically just on a motorcycle riding around North America as they were deciding whether music was going to continue to be a thing or not. But like for 40 years, it was the same three guys all making music together and like seemingly not getting on each other's nerves like a lot of other bands do and being able to put their ego aside for the betterment of the group there's a documentary about them on netflix that should still be available so if you just search rush on netflix you should be able to find it to anyone listening who's interested listening to my monotonous droning about
0: rush (laughs) canadian rock band very good so my number three, when I initially listed off my top 25 favorite songs, and then I um, broke it down to my top 10, I showed you the list, and you were like, really? When I said this, and I think it's in the right spot on my list, Um, number three, If I Had a Million Dollars by is. The Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say, is it If I Had a Million Dollars?
0: Mm-hmm. And... I think there are two main reasons that I like it. I think it has a really soothing beat um and like um I guess I don't know the main singer's name, but his Steven voice Page. like sure. It's like it's really calming to me. Right. So if I need to Something calm Page. down, I'll listen to that song. And then Like American Pie, it's another song that reminds me of childhood and it's one of the songs I don't entirely know why but i associated a lot with spending time with dad and i feel like growing up i didn't get a whole lot of like one-on-one time with dad um and if we did it felt weird because it wasn't something we were super used to but it's um like this reminds me of like quote-unquote good one-on-one time that i had with dad growing up
1: yeah I will say that I've spent the last two days listening to Bare Naked Ladies trying to figure out if there was a song that I could put on this list from them. And ultimately, I think while all their music is good, there wasn't one in particular that I could pull out and put on this list. But that's definitely mm-hmm. their a... their greatest hits album from '91 to 2001 or whatever it is. Is like one. It's just a fantastic album. One of my favorite bands of the '90s.
0: Yeah, there's a meme about them. I don't remember the specific wording, but it was something like the bare naked ladies starting to learn German. Yeah, it's bin... <laughs> been one week since you like at me.
1: <laughs> They're interesting. I got at some point in time, I got really into looking into their history, so I learned a fair amount about the band itself. But their their first album is called Gordon from the early '90s, and like half that album was on their greatest hits album. Like they were making good music for a long time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then in the mid two thousands, they switched to like trying to make songs for kids. It's like this is kind of an interesting move for a band called Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> 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 they, live, they have a song. They have a they have an album called Snack Time, which is an which is an album for kids.
0: Interesting. So there's
1: you should listen. They have a song. They have an alphabet song. You need to listen to. It's hilarious hmm. They were definitely They definitely had a, a very comedic vibe But a lot of their songs that are more serious Are also really good too
0: mm-hmm. Yeah if I had a million dollars Is definitely like Sort of comedic Yeah We wouldn't have to eat Kraft dinner oh, We would eat Kraft, would dinner. Kraft dinner Of course we, of course we, we just would We more. just eat more <laughs> Buy really, really expensive, expensive ketchups, ketchup's.
1: <laughs> for all the fanciest Dijon ketchups
0: <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that song today
0: yeah like the lyrics like not at all serious kind of stupid when you think about it but I like them Well, it's
1: even one week they wrote the song one week it was the last song they wrote for that album and they just needed a random b-side and apparently not the main singer but the other singer guy would just in their live shows do an off the top of his head rap at some point in the show and so they're like just write a thing and put it on the song and we'll use that as this last song and then it turned into their biggest song (laughs) so good all right ready to move on to number two i think so coming coming up It feels like there should be more of a payoff at the end of this list, but there's definitely not going to be on my list. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're building up to something, and no one's going to know what it is. Anyways, (laughs) number two. This song ended up on my list about three hours ago, and what was going on is I was looking through. So I have Google Play Music. I don't have Spotify because I subscribe to YouTube Premium, so I get YouTube or get google play for free and i was looking through a playlist on there trying to find all the songs that i've listened to the most times instead i ended up on a playlist of all the songs that have been played the most times overall on google play music and one of them the title was johnny cash and immediately i went to i haven't put any johnny cash on here and my mind went straight to the song hurt by johnny cash
0: oh that's a good song
1: so for those who don't know hurt isn't a johnny cash original johnny cash is covering a nine inch nails song and i think for johnny cash aficionados hurt maybe wouldn't be the top song on a johnny cash song playlist but if it wasn't the last song he ever recorded it's one of the last songs he ever recorded And if it wasn't the last video he's ever made, it was one of the last videos he's ever made because the video came out like six months before he died. And it's just like, for who Johnny Cash was as a person and as a character, it seems like such a great song just to like reflect a lot of the pain that he was able to convey through his music and sort of like sum up his life in general as he... Unbeknownst to him into the world, but ended up very soon after leaving the world. And it's just like the depth of it is so good. And being able to turn a song from a band like Nine Inch Nails into a Johnny Cash song is really incredible. And this is one song I think that a lot of people will point to where the cover of the song was a lot better than the original.
0: Yeah, I was scrolling through Pinterest once looking at, like, song lyrics, and the lyrics for that came up, and it just, like, hit me like a brick wall. Yeah. Because when I think of Johnny Cash, I don't necessarily think of super sad songs. Yeah. But just, like, reading the lyrics, I'm just like, oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sad and fairly dark, but a very, very good song. And I was really <laughs> glad that I remembered it before we started doing this, because I think it definitely deserved to be on the list. Mm-hmm yeah there are a lot of other Johnny Cash songs too that could be on this list, but this is gonna represent the entire Johnny Cash discography for me,
0: yeah I think that'd be a good one for a list of like underrated songs, yeah, all right. my number two on a totally different vibe um, It's the song Suburbia by Troy Savon hmm. so Troy Savon uh, um he started off doing, like, Australia's Got Talent when he was 13, and then he became a YouTube star, and then just in the past couple years, he's become a pop star. And so is off one of his albums, and it's a song of him basically singing about growing up in suburbia. And when we were growing up, I mean, we grew up in the suburbs, and for several years, I feel like we had really strong connections with our neighbors, like, there was a... At least a couple community. of community, Yeah. A couple of the neighbors. And just listening to the song recently, it brings me back to growing up and being, like, seven years old. And living in our neighborhood with neighbors who we used to talk to, and now we, like, don't know any of our neighbors. Well, then we moved out, and I definitely don't know any of the new neighbors. Um, and there's a line in the song. Oh, how's it go? Um... It's something about, like, they say that nothing ever changes in suburbia, but they have, like, they, the people in suburbia, have new lines on their faces. So it's like things, like, they're kind of staying the same, but we're also clearly aging and things are progressing with us. It's the idea of, like, change, but not not super noticeable. And as someone who doesn't like super noticeable change, that's comforting.
1: <laughs> yeah. We both ended up with a a suburbia type song on our list towards the top because that was subdivisions for me my number three song and that's also Uh i tried thinking of how to get a song from green day from american idiot on to this which is as much as that song is about or as much as that album is about the political landscape of the time it's also like about life as a suburban youth if you will
0: But I think growing up in suburbia is distinctly different than growing up in like the city.
1: Yeah, even though parts of our parts of our suburb were maybe rougher than parts of the city. Uh... There's a story. Um, junior, senior year of high school, my English teacher, the English teacher in ALP, like our combined, for those who don't know, the combined English and English and Social Studies credit class that we had at our high school. So the English teacher from that was talking about being on a, a field trip somewhere in Minneapolis and the kids from the school group being like scared in Minneapolis. And then the English teacher was like, you're from Brooklyn Park. They're afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, Brooklyn Park, I think. It had its own, it had its own uh, reputation on the north side crookland dark mm-hmm. as it was known it reminded me of when i was living in denver one of the cities there was Englewood, also known as Englehood. it's like man this seems like brooklyn park
0: <laughs>
1: good old brooklyn park i don't remember is that just talking about suburbia that's how we got to there <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there are some parts of our town or our city that were rougher than others
1: yeah As much as I don't want to be a suburbanite, I think I'm probably more comfortable in suburbia than elsewhere, or as much as I'd like to be a city person. I
0: don't know. Yeah, I think I'm unintentionally, like, unintentionally relate really strong to the idea of suburbia. Yep. I mean, that's where we've lived most of our life.
1: Yep. Well, all of your life. Most of my life.
0: Yeah, you... I got
1: my my whole almost two years in North Minneapolis. Uh, but anyway, moving on. We have reached the top of the list. Number one. And as I said, there are not very many people who are going to know this song. The song is a very interesting song. It was just released as a single. It wasn't released on an album at all, which I thought was interesting when I first found that out. The song is one I relate to very strongly for a very specific reason, which may become apparent when I tell you what it is. I'm very poor at building up the anticipation, so here it is. (laughs) (laughs) The song is called Writer's Block, and it's by, by Brother Ali. Writer's Block by Brother Ali. So this song, Brother Ali was working with a new producer. Brother Ali, I should say, is a white albino Muslim rapper who lives in Minneapolis. Like, he moved around the upper Midwest, but he's from Minneapolis now. And he was working with a new producer for the first time from Seattle back in 2012, 2013. And he was in Seattle... Basically just in a hotel room banging his head against the wall Trying to think of something to write To go along with the beats that the producer was giving him and he just had this severe case of writer's block And the producer was finally like dude, you're paying for this time. Just write something about anything So brother Ali literally wrote a song about sitting in a hotel room with writer's block And it's like the song I have most strongly related to ever about just having writer's block and being like, why can't I write? Why can't I make something? I'm just sitting here like I've got, I've situated myself so that I have the time. Like I have all these distractions out of my way right now and I just don't know what to write about. And I relate so strongly to this song that I wrote a blog post about this song like, I don't know if you remember when I was blogging every day a couple of years ago, which lasted for mm-hmm. two months. But one of the things I wrote about was this song. And it's just, it's not just, there's some points in here. It's like, the song starts, I ain't trying to be one of them dudes that make hundreds of new songs, and none of them are good. Like, some of them are cool, but ain't say nothing new. Running through a verse just for something to do. And you're just writing about how he wants to write something that's really good. There's literally a, a line in here that says, I'm trying to give myself goosebumps, okay? It's like, I'm trying to write something so good that I give myself goosebumps. And that's like part of his issue writing that album, and part of my issue too. It's like, I'm trying to write something that's so perfect that it's like I'm not even able to write anything. So because of that,
0: that... been there. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the song, it's almost a demo. It almost has a demo feel to it but it's so good and it has ascended to the top of my list and it's been there for a while so number one writer's block by brother ali and i have other songs on here too i like brother ali a lot rap rap is an interesting genre for me because usually either i really like something or i really don't like not like hate it but just like can't get into it and there are songs from the same artist where Like, I really like this song. I can't get into this other song at all. And there's some of that with Brother Ali, but for the most part, he has a bunch of songs. I wrote down here, Good Lord, Take Me Home, The Entire Morning in America and Dreaming in Color album, the song Own Light, parentheses, what hearts are for. It's like, he has so many good songs and he thinks very deeply, especially about justice stuff, which I'm keyed into. But this song in general struck me very strongly as someone who often struggles with writer's block or something similar, depending on what I'm making. Mm
0: -hmm. Just any sort of creative block.
1: Yeah. But just the fact that he wrote the song about writer's block as he had writer's block, just trying to write something. So good.
0: So, my number one song um i have a feeling that approximately negative one people will know this song (laughs) um it's called taken by sleep and it's by tyler joseph um so tyler is the singer for 21 pilots the big band but when he was in high school he recorded and like Soft released on SoundCloud. His own album when he was, like, 17. This is one of the songs from that album. So, like, it's not even on Spotify. You can just find it on YouTube. And the song, it's... I don't even... I haven't... I've listened to it so many times, and I can't fully get, like, the story behind it. Um, but what I get from it is it's... Tyler, as he was, like, a 17-year-old, like, singing... About being in high school and having a friend. um, And both he and his friend are sad for whatever reason. And just, like, the idea that they're sad, but they want to be sad together. And, like, they're going to be there for each other through um, hard times in their life. Um, I'm looking through the lyrics right now. I really like the line... And I know it might be a little selfish for me to say, but I need to know if you thought of me at all today. Because it's, like, mm. that idea of wanting to know that the people who you care about also care about you. We talked about that in, like, the Love Languages podcast.
1: Yeah. That's the 2-4 side of the Enneagram. hmm
0: It's just, like, the I have a friend, and I know you're my friend, and I really want you to know that you're my friend. But also, like, Am I your friend? And I think the song is meant to be sad, but it's fairly upbeat. Um, Tyler has a reputation for writing super sad songs in a really upbeat way that you don't realize that they're sad until you actually read or listen to the lyrics.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's one of the songs that I'm kind of mad that I found because it's not on spotify and so i can't like listen to it on spotify i have to go to youtube and find it Yep. So i'd that say was... that's my list there's so our list
1: Very
0: go back different. number 10 words i couldn't say by rascal flats nine never sure by mayday parade eight long live by taylor swift seven wish that you were here by florence and the machine six thrive by switchfoot Five American Pie by Don McLean. Four Disappear by From Dear Evan Hansen. Three If I Had a Million Dollars by the Bare Naked Ladies. Two Suburbia by Troy Sivan. And one Taken by Sleep by Tyler Joseph.
1: And then for me to recap, number ten, Jesus He Knows Me by Genesis. Number nine Change the World by P.O.D. Number eight On My Own by Tessa Violet. Number seven, Brother by The Brilliance. Number six, Valerie by Mark Ronson featuring Amy Winehouse. Number five, basically all of Orla Gartland's music, but specifically figure it out for this. Uh, Number four, Sanctuary Cities by Levi the Poet. Number three, basically all Rush music, but subdivisions for the purpose of this. Number two, Hurt by Johnny Cash. And number one, Writer's Block by Brother Ali. Did you have a list of honorable mentions at all?
0: Um, not really. I mean, I went through... I have my list of my top 50, and I just, like, bolded some random ones that I thought would maybe go into the top 10. So I guess honorable mentions. um The acoustic or alternate version of I'm Low on Gas and You Need a Jacket by Pierce the Veil, it's... I can't find it on Spotify. It's like a part of the deluxe album that I paid for on iTunes it's like the alternate version of the song um a handful of different Rascal Flat songs Time to Say Goodbye by 21 Pilots it's I don't think that one's on Spotify either it's um Botticelli the like opera singer he did a song and twenty one pilots used that song that song as like a backtrack for their own song. And that's what Time to Say Goodbye is. And then I think Highway Twenty Ride by Zach Brown Band is high up on my list as well.
1: That was one that surprised me too when you said that. I think that was one that came up during your initial top twenty five list back a month ago. Yeah. Month and I and think ago. I
0: definitely put that in my top twenty five. What about you? Do you have honorable mentions? Oh, I've got
1: such a long list of honorable mentions. So I already mentioned Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. Uh, the song Tribute by Tenacious D. Gunshot Sounds by the rapper Nerd are hyphen D. N-U-R-D, Into Your Veins by Five Iron Frenzy. And also the songs Zen and the Art of Xenophobia, So Far, and Battle Dancing Unicorns with Glitter by Five Iron Frenzy. All on the same album. Uh, good Kisser by Lake Street Dive. Fake Happy by Paramore. Dancing's Not a Crime Ooh, by Panic at the good Disco. song. Yeah, it almost made it. It was really close. Uh, the song Doing Time by MXPX. Specifically the acoustic version. And specifically the acoustic version that their lead singer, Mike Carrera, did on the Guitar Center YouTube channel. Uh, Fall Goliath Fall by Project 86 bitch bad by lupe fiasco sing 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 by benny goodman uh, wait so long by trampled by turtles fast car by tracy chapman Amer- oh good song america by rammstein there's I've, I've recently rediscovered a spoken word piece on youtube called shrinking women by lily myers i think the only she only ever put two pieces on youtube that i could find but it's like a fantastic piece Uh, The song Rejoice by Julian Baker, specifically an acoustic version on YouTube. New Horizons by Flyleaf. Soldier Poet King by the Oh Hellos. Death in His Grave by John Mark McMillan. Then Okay by Julia Noons, also Used to Want by Julia Noons. There are a couple songs that I think the video really helps propel or like raise. The song This is America by Childish Gambino. And the song Still Fuel by Half Alive And then Just some other artists We talked about Bare Naked Ladies P.O.D. Hamilton and the Hamilton Polka Also And we talked about Dodie Dodie Clark But then some other ones Dessa is a rapper from Minneapolis There's a band called Sabaton They're a They're a uh, What's the phrase Power metal but they're a band from like Sweden or somewhere in Scandinavia, and they just write power metal songs about history. So they have an album called The Last Stand, which is about famous last stand battles, like in history. And then also other bands: Children Eighteen Three, Madis Yahoo, the first two albums by Icon for Hire, uh, music by Haim, I didn't put Lord on here, but also Lord. Uh, Mute Math and then Nirvana specifically the Unplugged album that they did for MTV
0: yeah if you're ever on my Spotify I make I I think they're public I make playlists of like the songs that I'm listening to I do it by like semester so I think I'll do three a year so fall semester, spring semester and then a summer playlist and that's a good ...list of songs that I'm listening to at a particular time. And so that's more indicative of, like, my daily listening than... ...my... ...top ten list. Yeah. They're also very much not songs that, like, a lot of people... (laughs) ...would listen to. Well, that's, like...
1: four of the people I talked about are all... ...like, came out of YouTube. With Tessa Violet, Orla Gartland, Doty, and Julia Nunes.
0: Yeah, because, like, the songs I listen to, like, I really like them. And I'm sure that people will like some of the songs, like, depending on what kind of music you listen to. But it's just I have such a strange overlap in music tastes.
1: Yeah. Like, I also have, I also could have put, like, Avenged Sevenfold or some corn on here. Like, not all corn after two of the guys became Christians. Their album, Paradigm Shift. I really enjoy that album.
0: Yeah, if any listeners have any other ideas for like top 10 lists or things that you'd be interested in hearing about our favorites.
1: Yes, I still want to Dad, do Dad,
0: you could tell us. Anyone else, you <laughs> can do that. Yeah
1: dad or one of the other three people who listen (laughs) whoever you are Uh, i still want to do a movie one i think you can come up with 10 movies
0: yeah it'll it might take a little bit but yeah i will eventually be able to come up with 10 favorite movies
1: because i for sure have my top one i know for sure probably top three maybe top five like i could list right away but it could end yeah, up being well, like I'm this definitely... too where it takes forever to actually come up with stuff and even now i could we could hang up the phone and i could come up with other songs to put on this list this one mm-hmm. this one seems way more at this moment in time
0: than a movie list would be Um but these people are screaming outside my apartment. They do this every night. How are you partying every night in the middle of a pandemic? I don't understand.
1: No one's staying home. Like, I went to Target the other day, I went to M's for a bonfire on Friday. And I went to the Target in Columbia Heights and there were twenty-five people in line at least. I can hear that.
0: Oh, now their car alarm's going <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> but, like, split between the, the normal lines with the cashiers and the self-checkout lines, there had to be at least 25 people. I put my stuff back on the shelf.